it is common knowledge to us that global warming and climate change are continuing to implement risks on our daily lives. As the ice caps melt, warmer temperatures continue to rise and the sea level begins to rise, which displaces people influenced by these environmental issues. According to Columbia University, 40% of the world's population live less than a mile from the coast. And it's pretty scary to realize that so much of the world's population are at risk for displacement influenced by sea level rise or if they aren't already. Also, uh, another part is the Western influence of nature impacts these environmental issues in a negative way because of how it regards nature as a whole. Hello, I'm Ariel Hahn, and you just heard from Claire Toggin, a third-year anthropology major here at CSU. Claire is our guest speaker on today's podcast regarding displacement influenced by environmental challenges. How are you today, Claire? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Let's jump into some questions right away, if you don't mind. Regarding some takeaways from your introduction, why is westernization not a healthy approach towards the environment? So westernization, influence of nature, only utilizes nature for its exchange value or extraction of resources. According to Lisi Crawl, we have this uneducated perception about nature where we only regard it for its profit gain. For example, if you look at our agricultural system today, it's influenced by the use of pesticides and herbicides and degrades land and a loss of species as well instead of appropriately responding to the environment for reasonable crop growth. And Lisi Kroll also mentions some trends of the history of Judeo-Christianity. They believe that nature is a sinful place that must be tamed. Although this isn't really said word for word much today, it's the trends still lie within this westernization influence of nature, as well as a class structure of who gets the privilege to explore nature. So upper class has the privilege to explore nature and so forth. Meanwhile, lower class doesn't get that opportunity to. Um, and finally, a disregard of indigenous views of nature, but these should be more represented and understood today. And what threats do we face today regarding the environment? So going off of the indigenous relationship viewpoint, not acknowledging this as an appropriate measure for our relationships with nature can lead to a lot of issues. According to Kyle White, some of these issues include economic ruin, health impairments, political conflicts, a displacement, and cultural loss. Kyle White also mentions the negative influence of colonialism, industrialism, and capitalism. These are also influenced by westernization view of nature and represent those themes as well. Going off of in my intro talking about global warming, there is the continuous rise of a two degrees Celsius of the global temperatures. So if we reached this point, uh, which I hope we never do, this is almost a point of no return, basically, uh, where we will see even worse patterns of climate change and global warming than we already do, as well as uh, displacement for people in the coastal communities. And according to the Union of Concerned Scientists, this displacement will lead to loss of property value and increased poverty levels in the United States. More so on, on sea level rise, according to Yale, since 2006, glaciers were losing 22 to 40 billion tons of ice per year, and it's estimated by 2100 these sea levels could rise more than two or six and a half feet, which, with the increase of carbon emissions, which will greatly displace uh, so many people. What are some examples of displacement influenced by environmental challenges? So authors Marino and Lazarus, they look at their research example of Shishmaref, Alaska, 
This is an Inupiat community on the west coast of Alaska. It's a indigenous community where their economy is influenced by harvesting and fishing. Over time, with sea level rise and displacement influences, their jobs have been lost and food resources are depleting. So 27% live below the poverty line and their population is only 563 as of 2010. As erosion increases, storms increase, and infectious disease rises because the water is contaminated from erosion. In fall of 2012, there was a storm that took out 30 feet of land in just one night. And finally, and since 2002, their only solution to that they have thought of is to move more inland from the coast as the sea levels rise because there's a lack of support and funding and overall knowledge of these displacement challenges in these communities. Another example is demonstrated by authors Maldonado et al. And they look at their study of the Isle de Jean Charles in Terrebonne Parish, Louisiana. This coastal community is a fishing and hunting primarily for their economy and there's similar trends as there are in Shishmarif of the loss of their food resources and job resources. Louisiana faces some of the highest rates of sea level rise in the world, and this community in particular was greatly challenged by the 2010 BP oil spill that created these health problems, took out their food, their ecosystems. These authors mention that if nothing's done, by 2050 this isle could be gone forever. More so about both of these places, in Alaska and Louisiana, their economy, their education, their health infrastructure and culture are being challenged. It's not just the environment or the people that are facing these risks. It's so many systems, too. And more so about sea level rise, according to Marino and Lazarus, as the salt affects their water supply, which increases health issues and diseases, and ocean acidification increases surface temperatures as continues to come on the land as well as destroying these ecosystems and, and coral colonies. Coral colonies are these natural barriers that protect the coast from storm surges, but because these are being wiped out, it's creating these more vulnerable areas to these coastal communities. So how are bureaucratic organizations responding to displaced communities like the ones in Alaska and Louisiana? So going kind of off of the example in Louisiana, there's a lot of environmental impacts from oil companies. But according to Maldonado et al., they emphasize that there's no change with oil companies because they bring profit to the economies. Why would you want to get rid of them if they bring so much money into the United States? And these authors also continue to explain that these disaster relief programs, the funds are only available after the storm. So it doesn't regard acute accumulation of placement issues of these environmental problems. Again, with federal programs can be unavailable a lot of times to tribal communities, and these are groups that are the most affected by displacement. Finally, uh, Dr. Brown wrote a book called Standing in the Need about her ethnographic research on a black family that suffered during Hurricane Katrina in 2005, and some of the examples of the bureaucratic help after the storm was quite heartbreaking. For example, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, provided these temporary living spaces for families when they came back to Louisiana after the storm were only supposed to be in here temporarily as their homes were being rebuilt, but were in here for 18 months or more, which didn't help with mental help or larger families um, were separated too because they couldn't fit everybody in these tiny places. They were also getting insurance clearances from Road Home, and this could take 
Some of the families didn't get their insurance clearances for three or more years, which was incredibly frustrating to read because a lot of them had to pay for food and medicine and support their family and their children and not getting these resources for this long of a time is incredibly heartbreaking to know. Brown also mentions about the extremely comprehensive relation between employees from FEMA and callers getting help. They were barely assisting the people who needed help and were just designed to read a set script and get callers off the phone, it sounded like. I like to mention the the language barrier between these employees and callers. So it's commonly spoken throughout Louisiana, African-American vernacular English, which originates from Creole and is not really understood in Western syntax. So it is incredibly frustrating when you have these two people that can't really understand each other and one doesn't really want to help the other as well. So what are some approaches that we can use to solve climate change influence displacement? One of the big things that I would love to push for is incorporating indigenous voices and indigenous relations with nature. And this includes themes of reciprocity, balance, harmony, um, and kind of a give or take putting in to the environment in a healthy approach. And the environment gives back to you rather than depleting it, changing the land for your own benefit and responding to it in a healthy manner so that there's a beneficial relationship between humans, nature, and all living species. Maldonado et al. emphasizes the point of protecting tribal rights as they are the most affected by displacement and the preservation of coastal communities. And Marino and Lazarus recognize that ecological challenges impact our social, cultural, economic, political systems, and our health infrastructure. So adapting these systems and and programs with a more sustainable response to the environment and incorporating environmental law within these systems will greatly impact how we regard and take care of our environment today. But some good news, though, from the Union of Concerned Scientists, they say if we continue to decrease carbon emissions, we could reduce the risk by 80% by 2060. So there is a lot of hope for the future, but it, we really do need to act now because it is, it is important. And if we want to see these numbers, it's, it's urgent to continue caring for our environment now. Finally, renewable energy sources. Uh, this includes taking out oil companies and replacing them with solar energy or wind power, et cetera, but also emphasizing the point to make sure that people that do work in oil and gas companies do have jobs in more renewable energy sources so that we don't experience a incredible job loss as well as incorporating indigenous platform indigenous voices to be heard on platforms sustain building more sustainable infrastructure and buildings a lot of this is actually understood and mentioned in the green new deal that'll hopefully be pushed when Biden takes office this January so hopefully we can see some great changes to that so it looks like there's a lot of room for improvement regarding environmental challenges but implementing solutions to climate change and global warming seem to solve a lot of areas at once. Yeah, you're exactly right. There's not one solution regarding solving displacement issues influenced by in- environmental challenges. However, sustainable approaches appeal to solving a lot of these problems at once. I like how you mentioned some hopefulness for the future, but encourage urgency to act now. And I think you've helped listeners understand issues of displacement surrounding environmental challenges. Thank you. I hope they recognize the urgency and hopefulness, too. Thank you for joining us today, Claire. Thanks so much for your time.